What's going on? It's Keyshawn. Welcome to a new episode of my show, Undisputed Presents, All Facts, No Breaks podcast with me, Keyshawn Johnson. Speaking of Undisputed, joining us today is my homeboy, co-host on FS1. I call him the playmaker. I call him the playmaker, Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, yellow gold jacket, whatever you want to call it, my dude, Michael Irvin. Been knowing Michael since I entered the league back in 1996. Thank you, man, for coming on and joining me. Man, Key, come on, man. I'm so happy to be here, man, and watching you do your thing. Even in the intro on the prompter, on the prompter. For those of you who know, that prompter's no joke now. Key, that that, that, that skill, the read, the, the reading a prompter like you're just talking is a hell of a skill. <laughs> so so that, that, that's a great job. I don't mess with them things. No, over time, no. They it, hard, it, boy. They're joking. No, boy. but I, I actually learned how to read in the prompter from uh, TJ, uh, from Tom Jackson at right, ESPN. Right, man, that's together, my dude, dog. Along with Boomer. Right, they, right, they, right, when right, I first right, got right, there, right. you know, the prompter was like, oh, <laughs> what is right, this? Right, right, right. And then, right. you know, I learned to right. do it, and I'm just, I guess, Solid and sound, Danny, and, baby. I've been around people like that. You talking about Berman, Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. You know, I was on the show. Man, I learned so much from them dudes, man. So much. Berman, we all, I heard you say that before one time, yeah. too. You know, you know, Chris Berman used to always say, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah. Just, hey, it's going it's to Pluto. It's on his way to Pluto. It's going his way to Pluto. It's on his way to Pluto. I botched a lead one time. You know, because I like to write my leads, and it was—I think it was a lead, Deion Sanders. Or no, not Deion. It was Willis McGahey. I botched the lead, and I was so devastated. He just kept saying, "Man, that's on his way to Pluto. That's live TV. We can't bring that back. Let's move on." I just appreciate those. It guys, happened man. to me, my first year there. About three weeks in, I'm—I'm I'm do. I was talking, and I was on a topic, and I'm just going. Now I got air traffic control in my ear because right, 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 the director right. opened up my earpiece and he's like, camera two, one. And I'm like, and I'm stop and I, right. I stopped in mid-sense, man. Right. And Tom goes, what are you doing? I said, man, somebody talking to me. He ain't talking to you, uh, fool. He's talking to me. I was like, hey, hey. all right, I got it. And but Berman I got says, it. on his way to Pluto, let's move on. No, Let's yeah. move on, man. Two great dudes. In this business, people, you got to Everybody don't take their time, especially when they're that great, to spend time teaching. Those two always talk when you work with them. No, that's true. That's very, very true. You know, and, and so I decided I'm going to put this podcast together. And... And part of that is I always wanted to do it. Because I did radio, national right. radio. I did local radio. I've done all that TV. I've been in the business 17, 18 years. But I never had a pod. And right. so, you know, when I got to Undisputed, I said, man, you know, I think I still want to be in the audio space to a degree, digital audio space. So let me talk to the powers that be and figure out how I can put this thing together so I can still talk about things that we don't necessarily right. talk about right. on Undisputed. And I could be uncensored at the same time. So, right. And, and I go have, in long form. And I could be and in my own long form, form, have long my own form. fun. But in part of that, I said, okay, so who do I all, you know, who do I want to be a part of this? I got production crew, whatnot. Right. I'm going to bring some family in with right. me. Say, so, okay, right. I got a 25-year-old knucklehead that's looking to get some chips, get some right. paper uh, in his pocket. Uh, so uh, I decided, I said, you know what? I'm going to bring my son in. I'm bring Keyshawn in right. because he knows sports. He knows the gaming space. Right. He's intelligent. 
He's a, you know, a guy who played the position. So I said, oh, I'm going to bring my son in. So I brought Keyshawn Jr. in yeah. with me to yeah. go ahead and, and, and work on this podcast with me. And he's doing a tremendous job for us, man. You got to, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Family. You got to bring the right people around you. And you do, Key. My oldest daughter, Maisha, is the conservator of my trust. You know what I mean? Because I got to prepare her yes. for my... For my leaving time going to eternity. We, 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 we will always, we, 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 all, we will all point. go yeah. at some point. Now, now, you've worked hard and built something. Yes. And if you did it right, the family should be able to sustain for a minute on this beyond your going. My dad used to always say when I was a kid, man, I didn't understand it at first. He said, great men will see farther than they can run. Yeah. Great men will see. That means great men will start things that will outlive them. Mm -hmm. I see my granddaughters. Like, you talk about your son. I see my granddaughters. I be kissing myself. Hey, Papa going to take care of you from the grave. <laughs> but Papa gone, Papa going to still be sitting no, you something. I ain't ready to be a Papa There is nothing greater than that. Well, well, you, and you going to take your little key from the grave. <laughs> Our job, and, and a lot of us didn't have these coming up. No. But we're setting up things that, that hopefully can take care of our family long after we're gone. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's start the show off talking the Cowboys' epic collapse. Playmaker, watch what your former head coach had to say about America's team down 27-7 at halftime. Well, first of all, I, I can't say what I would say now on television. <laughs> but I'll just say this. Every single one of you, you know how hard we've worked. I don't need to have people pointing the fingers one thing or another. You get your rear end in there and you play the way you know how to play. We can win the game. We're going to open it up. We're going to go fast tempo. Defense, get after Jordan Love. You can't give him that much time. You do what you're supposed to do. We'll win this game. All right. That's got oh, Michael baby. fired. He's got everybody no, fired. No, up. Mike. No. Let me get in front of you. Me first, you, Ryan. No. <laughs> I could not agree That's more. You cannot. <laughs> Michael. As the leader of the Cowboys in the 90s, we know you would have had something to say in this situation. Give us your halftime speech. Well, listen, I, I, first of all, I, love, I want to say this. Jimmy probably had more fire than, 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 than what was in the real locker room. And yeah. he was sitting on TV. Absolutely. Now, let me tell you all this. I've been in the locker room plenty of times when, when Coach Johnson has come in and given that speech. And dude, it's, that was great. Now, imagine him really being in the moment and hyped 200 times more. Mm -hmm. Man, you leave that locker room saying, this is different. The great thing he always did, though, he always told us how this thing was going to play out. It always played out exactly how Coach Johnson told us it was going to play out. Now, you're motivating a new group. These young kids are different. These kids are different. The, the thing, Jimmy... Everybody has in this social media world their own thing that they want, you know, and what they're trying to get. But the reality is the only way you get it, because you asked me what I would be saying, the only way you get it is if we get on the same page. If you came here because you wanted to make money, be famous, whatever that is, get girls, whatever it is, we, you, we can miss getting all of that. But if we all focus on winning, the number one thing, the only thing we make this, the only thing we focus on, everybody else can get what they want. Because winning takes care of all of that. 
We got 53 people that come in here with 53 different desires and directions and directive and what they want to accomplish in life. We got to come together. So whatever you want, you want, you want, you want, you want, that's fine. But we all got to want it by winning and it'll give us all what we want. And that's where I think the separation comes from. When you step on the field, you're bringing your skill. But those kind of things and those kind of conversations is what helps deepen our will to play together so we can accomplish what we all want and get what we want out of this. That's what I think the Dallas Cowboys are missing. They don't get that. You're living a great life, but you need to know what it's like to be a champion, to walk in a room uh, as a champion, especially when you're wearing that star on the side of your head. It's incredible. I wish and I hope for them to experience that life. Yeah, I, you know, I always tease and, and poke fun at the Cowboys situation because they've been in neutral for so damn long. So long. Been, they've been in neutral 30 years, I think it is. So long. It, 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 since your last Super Bowl against the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody always says that they need a coach like a Jimmy, like a Parcells, a, a Belichick that is stern and delivers the message differently. What I tell people in these situations it's not that they need somebody that takes control from an authority standpoint. They need somebody that can explain the details right. to them a certain right. way so that they don't get a penalty when they, a five-yard penalty when Green Bay is on the 10-yard mm -hmm. line and now you advance them closer when they're getting ready to kick a field goal. You yeah. know better. You know, hey, I'm not supposed to jump off sides. You already know. You know, start now, they're getting ready to kick a field I can't jump outside. Oh, I can't hold the guy. It's it's third and 17. Why would I hold the guy downfield and now making it first and 10 and giving them four more downs to come and try to score a touchdown? Those type of coaches, the little details, situational football, right. you learn all that from them. And to me, that's what they're missing. That's what they're missing. They're, they're, can Mike they're missing. McCarthy, all of a sudden he's, being, he's coming back now. You know, I right. get a chance to laugh next year. A lot, but can he get them to respond to what he is teaching them? That's the key. Can he get them to do that? If he can get them to do that, then the Cowboys can win a lot of games. Man, they won 12 games for the last three years. 12, 12, but, but, and 12. But it takes something different. It takes something different when you go to the playoffs. And winning 12 games in the regular season is great. Yeah, but, but Michael, but, you know that that allows you to get prepared for the playoffs. Right, right, right. But 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 it also it also illuminates and exposes you as to why is this happening. Only thing that happened, you go from week 17, 18, however many weeks we play, one week later, it's called a playoff. Yes. Why, why all of a sudden you're not playing like you were playing? So I put this on the coach more than anything because ultimately you already told me it's not a skill. You put up those numbers in all these other games, so you have it skill-wise. Then why can't you get this done? And that's that's my job to find out and put find out what I need to do with this player and how do I put him in the best position to win. And that is where Mike McCarthy has come up short. Mm-hmm. So going back to what you said, that Mike McCarthy is officially back for the Cowboys. Looking at this video from Jimmy, do you guys think McCarthy instills a similar passion to his team? I think he, I think he does instill a passion, but it's a different passion. He's not just there right. because he wants to be on the sideline and, and wear a hat with a star on it and not coach the team. Jimmy Johnson is, is, is one of one. You can't be 
Jimmy. Mike's got to be Mike. And if his approach is such that it's kind of boring and dull, I, I played for Coach Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy went on and won a championship. He's in the Hall of Fame. But I left Bill Parcells, which was a screamer, a yeller, a yeah, frowner. Right, 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 he, right, he gonna right, scare right, right. Man, Bill will look at you and you, right, right. You, 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 Bill will look at you like you would look at your six-year-old kid and look at him like, did you just do that? That's how he would look at you. So you already knew. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I did something but, wrong but in the you, game, Mike, I take the you, long way around the bench mm -hmm. to go where I need to go because I don't want to pass him. Knowing that he's going to dog curse me and act a certain way. I don't want to hear that mess. Right, right. But you also know that's your dude. Yes. That's your dude. Yes. And you know he's going to get on you because he knows what's in you. Yes. Great coaches reaches down. They, they know how to reach down inside each kid and pull out their king. Bill knew how to do that with you. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Johnson knows how to do that with me. And that's why I say leadership, it, we, we want to blanket it but it's an individual thing. And are you good enough to individually motivate these people? You got to find the trigger that makes everybody go. Bill knew what trigger made you go. Jimmy knew what trigger made me go. You got to reach down inside. and find. You cannot have guys showing up in the playoffs like they showed up, looking like they were not ready to play. And, and the head coach then sitting up here saying, we, we just somehow we were not prepared to play. How are you saying could, could, you're not could, prepared could, to play? Would it be, because I'm assuming they don't have a coach on the staff that's like, I don't know, could, could reach the players at a certain level at a certain time. Some, could somebody like Eric Bieniemy on that staff work? Not necessarily changing the offense mm. or system or whatever, but could somebody... Good. Right. Like that's that. interesting you bring up Eric because what did we hear coming out of Washington? That he was he's too, too tough. disciplined. Yeah, he was too disciplined. He's too disciplined. Yeah. That's interesting because that's and what was Eric coming from? He was coming from a champion. Yeah, champion. He was saying, which I find fascinating, that they would even open their mouth to rumble about it. He was coming over and saying, This is what champions do. I just left them. I know this is what we've done over there. And their first response was, man, you too hard on us. You too. Chuck, are you joking? Are you serious? What are you? Wipe all of them out. Whoever says something. When I first got to Dallas, <laughs> man, I, I, this true story too. When I first got to Dallas, dude, I'm coming from Miami. I, I, I left my junior year, graduated after my junior year. I lost two, three games. All my, year, all my years in Miami. I come into Dallas, we lost a Pittsburgh game. First game, we lose. Catch a curl route. I go and score. I say I scored on Rod Woodson, but Rod Woodson really was chasing me. It was another who I, I made touchdowns. Well, cool, my first touchdown on Rod Woodson, you know, like the basketball. When you dunk, who's the closest? I dunked on you. Whoever the closest that dunk was on you. Rod Woodson was chasing me down. So when he tackled me, I was like, ah, I got you worried. You know what I mean? But, but after I scored, they commenced to whooping our butt after that. I mean, they whooped our butt. I was crying like a baby in the locker room. I cried. We won in 15. We went 3-13 and 13 that year. I was crying in the locker room after games because I had no not that kind of losing. You know? And, and, and guys were coming up to me saying, hey, come on, man. Just be in the field, though. You don't do that here. <laughs> man, you stop said, touching me. Pick, pick up that check on Tuesday. Yeah, pick up yeah. that check on Tuesday. Key. The next year, I knew Jimmy was coming. Jimmy had already told me he was going to, yeah. the Jerry was going to buy the team. Yeah. Because remember, I was a junior leaving college. I was, and I had told teams, 
since I'm a junior, don't draft me. You got to check with me before you draft me because since you're a junior, you can go back to school. They'll lose a draft pick. I could have applied for a supplemental draft. Jimmy came to me at Miami. He said, I know what you're doing in drafts, son. He said, but listen, don't try any of that stuff with Dallas. He said, next year, I'm going to be the head coach in Dallas. I got a very good friend about by the Cowboys. This was before I got drafted. Mm-hmm. Tom Landry drafted me, but I knew Jimmy was coming in. Jerry Jones bought the team next year. What? Boy, you know, soon as that was official. <laughs> coach, what's up, Coach? Yeah, I went and met with Coach. <laughs> if you touch my leg and said, pick up that check on Tuesday, your ass got to go. I told, I, in our culture, we said we don't snitch. I snitched. <laughs> we ain't going to win no championship with him. Let's get, get him get out, out of here. And we got him out of there. You could be my it's friend, so, but so, you're not helping me win. So, you got to go. It's so funny. The similarities of the stories. My rookie year, one in fifteen, coming from USC, winning games right. and, and Rose Bowls and Cotton Bowls and being the MVPs. Going out to just, the Jets. And, and I got dudes collecting the checks on Tuesday, and so I'm crying. I'm gonna, I wrote a book. Just give me the damn ball right. because the paint dude. Is I'm real. painting my rookie season because I can't believe I, I just couldn't believe Richie Kotite was my coach, and I'm sitting here going. This the NFL? This Man. is how you act? Right. And so the moment right. that Bill Parcells <laughs> decided he's not getting back on the plane from the from the Superdome in New Orleans to go back with the New England Patriots, and he was coming to New York to be the head coach, it was like I died and went to right, heaven. Right, 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 right. I right, met right, with him right. the first day that he had his press conference. We sat in the room in his office, Michael, and, and, and it all set up. He had the shades pulled. He had a little lamp, little light on. That was it. It was like an interrogation room. And he said, mm. he said, how much you weigh? I said, I'm probably 225 right now. Mm. He goes, how much did you weigh at USC? I said, I'm about 208. He said, I want that guy. <laughs> I came back. I was 205. The rest of it was history. I was, I was good to go. Yeah, I was right. good to go. Right. I said, I want that guy. Right. I don't want the guy with the mumps walking around right. here at 225. I want the right. guy... There's 208, and the rest was history. Right. So when you have certain that's leadership. That's reaching down inside your kid, yeah. though. Because, yeah. Because cause he went somewhere directed. Yeah. He went to where he saw you do some things. How much you, he was, he said, okay, that's that dude I saw. That's that dude yeah. I want. Key, you want to be the best. Absolutely. Now you got a coach saying, well, I saw greatness in you. I just need you to find that dude. Yeah. I, I'm with that. Whatever you say, I'm with that. Whatever, you know, I'd have you no, no whatever you say, None. I'm with it. Because you're no that argument. kind of coach, and I know you win. I, I when I, some everybody's not about winning, even in the National Football League, and that's a hard thing to hear because you think up here, it's all about the best. It's all about the best. But people have come for different reasons. They come to make money. They want to be famous. I want to win a championship, and all that'll come with it. Absolutely. And, and you got to find if, those people. I tell people all the time, if if Coach Parcells didn't take over the Jets in 1997, and then I didn't, my career didn't take off, ain't nothing wrong with working at UPS. Right. Ain't right. nothing wrong right. with it. Right, right, right. But I'd have a different post job right. in my career, but the reason is, is I was able to win. Right. I was able to go to into Tampa to a Hall of Fame coach that kept me moving in right. the right direction. Right. And I was able to win and play well. And then right. you win a Super Bowl, it's like, 
Once right. people don't understand, once you win the Super Bowl, it's a different level. Different level. Different. You get to walk in that room, and that's a different room that you get to walk in. And you want to be able to walk in that room. And there's nothing wrong with working at UPS, but we started this talking about. <laughs> exactly. Nothing wrong uh, with we, it. Well, we started this talking about we have an opportunity to leave something beyond yes. our time here in time when we go to eternity. I'm just thinking it'll probably be a little more difficult to do all of that working on other places that's not like the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, a name we haven't focused on as much in the collapse is Micah Parsons. Listen to what your co-host Skip Bayless had to say. Micah Parsons, he's so overrated. He had the worst pass rush game of his entire career yesterday. Only one pressure, zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, one solo tackle, and one assist. Are, are you kidding me? First and foremost, is Micah Parsons overrated? God, no. Absolutely not. Now, are we projecting, do we project and throw them in with the great ones? Yeah, but only when the numbers say so. You start doing those comparative analysis. Michael Parsons and LT, because they've had a number of sacks in the first few years. What we have gotten to during the season, you have one, they've had one, he had, he's had a, a, a very good career. But in the playoffs, it just hadn't taken off to that next level. Hadn't taken off to that next level. But you do understand, like we talked about, Key, in the playoffs, things are always more difficult. And that's why it requires everyone. I saw Michael Parsons the other day getting double teamed on the line with a running back waiting on him. When he finally got through to beating the two linemen, he still had a running back waiting on him, and they got the ball off. You want me to say to Michael Parsons he's not doing his job, I have to say to these other jokers, what the hell are you doing? If I got three guys blocking one guy, what the hell are you doing? That's where I am. No, absolutely not. He's not overrated. And Green Bay didn't think he was overrated. Or I wouldn't have seen three people blocking him. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I, don't, I don't think you, I don't subscribe to him being overrated at all. What I subscribe to him being is overhyped. And that's part of the, the, the reasoning, the scrutiny has come his way. Because when you take a guy and you mention that guy as in the same breath as an all-time great, even though the numbers suggest he's heading in the right direction, that he's heading in the direction as Lawrence Taylor or, 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 or Derek Thomas or, <clears throat> hell, DeMarcus Ware, who's a Hall of Famer. Those numbers say... He's headed in that direction. But when you get to the postseason or you get to the second half of seasons and he starts to fade, everybody points to. They're not looking at the double and the triple teams like you and I. They're looking at well, right. the production, stat line. They're looking at the stat production. line in the right, box. Right, right, right. Because production. the box scores don't say production. he was doubled on this play, right. he was tripled on that play, they chipped him on this play. So people naturally look at that as production. That's why I say I don't ever like to hype people up until they actually have arrived. You know, it's like the Jordan Love effect right now. Oh, is he better than Aaron Rodgers? Like, man, slow down. He had one good game. Now, all of a sudden, because he throws like Aaron Rodgers, oh, he could be better than Aaron Rodgers. It's like, well, wait a minute, man. Aaron Rodgers got four MVPs, a Super Bowl trip, uh, countless NFC championship right. appearances. But I think Michael Parsons is overhyped. And it's mm. not his fault. It's the media's fault for drawing the comparisons 
to some of the all-time great pass rushers that ever played the game. But as far as but a player goes, I take them in a heartbeat. When he, when, he, when he had 12, back-to-back 12, 12 sacks yeah. or whatever, that, that, how, how LT started out, I forgot the numbers. That's when the comparison, because only the other guy has done it, was LT. Yes. That's fitting. That, that's apropos. That's yeah. okay to do that. I, I want what, what we need to understand, and I always say this to people, I measure men in distance travels just so I can have an understanding. That means don't tell me where you are. Let me see where you started. And I shall measure where you are accordingly. If you came from nothing and built the life you built, then that's a hell of a man. That's a great business. Yeah. If your dad left you a billion dollars and you still got a billion dollars, I shouldn't measure you as great. Your dad left that. You did nothing to get that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I so, say, so though, on that one? But now, if your dad <laughs> left you a billion and you turned it into a hundred billion, you're a bad mother brother. You you gotta, I got to give you that credit. Yeah. So it's not just about where you end up or where you start. It, it's about the journey. What, what's the, what distance did you travel in that journey? Because then I can learn from that. And, 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 and I think what if your dad when you left- start talking about Michael Parsons, Let's remember, yeah. let's remember this journey. Yes. Michael Parson just started. Oh, he just started. Just started. I'm talking about now, just started putting his hand in the dirt and going at the quarterback. He, he, this is not his primary, this is his secondary that we're turned, that he's done so well that he's ranked up there with the primary guys that do this all the time. Michael Parson, he drops back in coverage sometimes. He doesn't always go to the quarterback, but he's always ranked up there with the guys that rush. All the time. So when you start over talking about his rating and ratings and rankings, make sure you keep that in mind. So what I'm saying, he I, he he still has room to get much oh, he, better. He's gonna get and better. He's devastating things right now, and he can get much better. No, he's he's going to get better. He is not overrated at all, or whatever. I think he is has been overhyped because they didn't let they haven't let it continue to grow before they start hyping him up. Everything was a hype, hype. Now, is he going to turn the corner at some point, second half of the season in the playoffs? You would hope so. His 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 sign is pointing up, not pointing down. But 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 I don't put it on him. I put it no, on, it's not on, on people it's around. Not, it's not I, on I, him. But what I'm saying, we want him to show up and play in the big games and in the playoffs. And I'm saying now, to the Cowboys, what we want him to do is beat them double teams. Is what we right, want right, him to right, do. Right, right, and and he will when someone else says, when someone else steps up and make the offense start saying, "Well, we got to worry about him too." I can't give three guys to Michael Parsons because somebody else may get to the quarterback. If I'm giving three guys, three guys to Michael Parsons. Somebody got to be free. Somebody got to make a play. And when they start making a play, they'll take one of them guys off Michael Parsons and help with that guy, and then Michael Parsons can get back to making plays. That's the reality of how this works. Well, since we're speaking on the collapses of the NFC East, the reigning <laughs> NFC champs in the Philadelphia Eagles also took an L in the wild card weekend, losing to Baker Mayfield's Buccaneers. This begs the question, which collapse was worse this season, the Cowboys or the Eagles? Oh, my Ooh, God. Michael. This is not even a question uh, when we start talking about which is greater. Honestly, honestly, I, I, I've never seen anything like what Philly just went through. You know what I mean? Philly won so many close last-second games. Coming off Super Bowl, you started this season 10-1. and one. And and everybody, it was like this is 
This is incredible. Yeah, they weren't even playing great, but they always found a way to win the game. For you to start off 10-1 and and go, what, 1-6 and down the stretch and then put that performance on the playoff, that's a major, major, major collapse. Will I say that's bigger than Dallas? Yes. Will the world cover it as such? No. No way they will cover it. It's, it's a, that's a bigger collapse. Why? Let me tell you what I mean. We hoping Dallas knows what it takes to get to a championship game. We know the Philadelphia Eagles knows what it takes to get there. They were there the year before, and they started out 10-1. and one. Everybody had them as the best team. To lose to that team, Tampa, on the road, it, 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 first of all, shouldn't have been lost. You should have had the whole NFC playoffs coming through. Philadelphia, if you just maintained anything in this one is uh, in that down the stretch, so there's yes, no, that's no a way. major collapse. But it won't be covered the same way because of the hype that Dallas gets. That's Mike, the stop, man! You know damn well, you know damn well the Dallas collapse was bigger than the Eagles. You How just is that said, so? Because you just said the Eagles was tinkering alone the entire. Season. I didn't say they, tinker. They, they, I said they ten and one. No, no, they, but they, they won but, but, late games, no, which is the no, most. No, man, they they were squeaking out victories. You could tell that their defense wasn't the same defense. The offense wasn't the same. What did we say all week, all year long? Well, they missed the offensive coordinator. That's not doing the same. Jalen heard yes. something wrong with right, him. Right. Yada 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 yada. Right. So on and so on and so on. Right. But here's what I would say: the Dallas Cowboys at home, undefeated, at home, undefeated okay, at so. home. Averaging 40 points a game at mm-hmm. home. You backed into the number two seed to the point that you convinced me to pick you to go to the damn Super Bowl because you're at home. Now, all of a sudden, the number seven seed, there's only seven seeds in the playoffs. Seven. I can count. Mm-hmm. Seven teams, seven seeds. You was the number two. Never before. Never in before in the history of the National season. Football League, Keyshawn. <laughs> Has a seven seed beat a two seed yeah. in the playoffs? And you talk about collapse. Yeah. Did you not see the pictures that I put on you man, on social media? We'll see those later. We'll see oh, get on out of here with what that. What you mean? This joke will be catching me with all these old shots, man. I mean, I'm watching the game. I get people calling me, man, Key killing you, man. I said, what, what, Key? I'm right here with Key. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, Oh, this joke right here, man. He doesn't say anything when he's doing it. I'm just watching the game. Next thing I know, I get bing, 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 bing. And everybody hit me. I look at him and say, hey, dirty joker, what you doing? What you doing? Come on, man. Let me get I said, stop messing with this. I'm trying to watch this game. Let me tell you, man. So I, how I, I understand be, the collapse. I understand what you're saying when you break down the collapse. But the reality is, we were hoping the Cowboys were ready. I know the Eagles, they've been there. But that the collapse, wasn't ready. We've, been saying it all, we've been saying it all year long, especially the second half of the season, when the Eagles went on the slide, that they were not a team that was going into the playoffs to win. They was going into the playoffs to lose. We thought the Dallas Cowboys was going into the right. playoffs to win. But guess I, what they I, I did? Thought, I they thought they would write the ship. I, I thought they would write the ship. It's something when you're going, trying to get back to a Super Bowl, every team you're playing is going to measure them Sells by you. So, so, so for them to go 10 and 1 in those first 11 games, Michael. let me tell y'all something. That's a hard thing to do. I ex- I know you were talking about them, those, those are close games because these teams. Michael, they demoted to, the, the defensive to coordinator in the middle of the right. damn year. Right. The right. Cowboys didn't demote Dan Quinn. 
but but we're still missing ten and one. It you doesn't matter. They felt like you their see. team was not doing what they supposed to do, especially on defense. They told a dude that was running the defense, no, nah, no, nah, you're not good enough. I'm fixing to do another guy that wears a pencil <laughs> on the side of his ear, Coach Pencil, as Skip would call him, is gonna run the defense now because we're not good. We're not good. <laughs> and they still wasn't any good. So that's not a collapse when the Dallas Cowboys. In, since 2021 to 2023, they in the statistical category, Michael, defensively, is in the top seven in every category that matters. Mm-hmm. Yards per game, uh, points per game, defensively. Sacks in the season, number one in pressures, turnovers, take Top seven in all the categories that matter right. defensively. And then you go out and you let Jordan Love do that to you but at home. Talk, but, but, but you're still talking... Uh, Projections and facts. We're projecting the Cowboys can get there. The fact is, Philly did. So you know, you know the climb. You know the climb. You know the grind. How is it that you go ten and one and then collapse? Let me let me just. But they had already started collapsing. Also, Philly Philly had built what I thought, and I thought they were doing it the right way. They had a great defense. They had some age in it. They went and got all them young champions off Georgia. They were bringing champions to, with champions, you know, putting them together. I said, this is going to be a dynasty for a while. These guys are going to get together and play for a while. But they lost the and, coordinators. And, and, and this thing fell off. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. I remember losing y'all didn't two lose, Y'all didn't lose no coordinators. Y'all lost yeah. Kellen Moore and the head coach took over the play calling, and you still was number one in scoring. Right, right. That's it. Right. But, but, but Key, that's this Cowboy team. I've been on a Cowboy team. We lost both coordinators and still went to a championship. You see what I'm saying? Michael. We, we, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. that. So you're telling me. There ain't no Michael they, they have on a this system. team. The, the numbers on the Philly, team at 88, but the player ain't there. Philly thick. has a system. They, they believe in their system. They thought they were to promote some people right in from. Uh, in the system, and they keep kept it going, and it did work. The first ten weeks of the season, eleven weeks of the season, they were ten and one. To go from that and collapse to what they did, that's a major fall because they know they can get there. They've been there. Dallas has never been there. We're still hoping they got the right players to get there. You're the number two seed, man. You lost to the seventh seed, right? And been the number and number one offense. And ain't put up any points in the playoffs. You won every game we're, at we're home this year. Thing. You and, played at home. You didn't you, play on the road. And you didn't put up any points in that last playoff game That's at home. That's a collapse. Right, no doubt. Everybody that was betting no doubt. was no, betting no that doubt. the Cowboys was going to beat Green Bay. No Everybody doubt. wasn't betting that the Eagles was going to beat Tampa. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. No, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Tampa, wait, first of all, first of all. Tampa has scored nine points the week before that That's against true. Carolina. Yes. Against Kara damn Lina. Nine points. So I'm, I didn't go into that game like, oh, Tampa about to blow them out. They scored nine points against the worst team in the National Football League. Come on, man. So how, are, are you joking? How is it Philly didn't go in and knock Tampa Dallas went right down there last year and knocked off Tom Brady. Kicked him right on out of the league. 
That's it. Don't retire. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't retire. They went. They lost Tom Brady when <laughs> Dallas knocked them off and got Baker. They trying to tag him with my moniker, moniker Baker the Playmaker, but he's still Baker. You understand? And Baker sent you home. Jordan Love is up and coming. Baker is trying to if hold you on. Stop he's holding that. on and holding on tight. <laughs> he's on his 15 in five months. Who you selling it though? You're and good. he beat the you Philadelphia good. Eagles. You good, good selling it? Jordan Love looks like the, the, the third coming. He gonna beat Brett and and Aaron Rodgers. The seventh seed. Baker Mayfield. The beat seventh you. seed. Beat the number yeah, two seed, seed with a bunch of twenty-two-year-old kids. Man, <laughs> stop! And they, they 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 do have they do have a good young team. Man, them dudes are old. Dude, you, the skill position is twenty-four years old. I'm opening my Saturday show with this: All number one seeds, be ye aware, because these young guns are gunning. I'm gonna tell you something, boy. I believe both of those young guns can take out the number one seeds if they're not careful. Okay, cool. All right, we got two Cowboy alumni here at the desk. I want to keep it simple and ask each of you, starting with Michael, what are your top five Cowboys teammates of all time? Who? I love this question, man. I love this question because there's so many different reasons why you pull them in. I will say this. I got some great friends, and we've done some great things, and it's still my boys to this day. You know, the Dion, Emmett, and Troy. My boys to this day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to this day. So you know, I mean, every day we text in a call to talk about how much we love each other. So they're great, great, great friends, and I need them, love them. But I'm gonna put a couple guys with them too, with them three. If I was to start a football team, and somebody asked me who's your first draft pick, he would be Eric Williams, offensive tackle. Eric Williams, offensive tackle. That dude, he sets the tone in everything. Once we got Eric. Things flew off. Big and E. Big E. Big E was a different dude. I'm going to take Big E. I'm going to take Larry Allen. I'm going to take them three I mentioned, Troy Emmett and Dion. And I'm good. I'm good. I got big time protectors. Dudes don't even want to look at Larry Allen. Y'all know that. Hey, I've seen people say, man, that Larry Allen is something different. We used to go to practice and, and coach would be watching film. He'd come out, stop. Everybody come in. In the meeting room, he just saw something Larry did to, to, to Greg Lloyd. We're going to watch this again. Larry would be pulling and just hit Greg Lloyd. He flew 15, 20 yards that way. I said, God, Lee, that's how you handle that position. I'm going to start with Eric Williams, Larry, Allen, and my three big boys, Troy Emmett and Dion. And you, Dad? My five Dallas teammates? Yeah. I mean, we were sorry, basically. We was trying to, we were trying to figure it out. Um, I'd say J- Jason Witten, Aaron Glenn. Good dude, good dudes. Um, Larry Allen. L.A. was still playing when I got there. Uh, Terrence Newman. And Demarcus Ware. Yeah. Them good dudes. Yeah, all them good dudes. Uh, uh, all them good. Bill put Larry through something. I'm going to say yeah. this. Yeah, no, he did. Wait, he did. Let me tell you, I'll share this story. It's, it's long enough now. I guess, yeah. I was uh, I was getting ready to fly somewhere to go work. I got a phone call, you know, from Jerry, and they're like, man, I don't know. I should tell. Oh, I, I said, man, Michael, man, I need you. Listen, Michael, listen. I said, I'm headed to the airport. I got to fly. 
on New York LA where he said, listen, I need you to go by there and talk to the big fella. He didn't get on the plane, Larry Allen. I need you to go to his house and talk to him. I asked some, something got going with Bill because Bill pushed him and pushed yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, I said, golly, I went over to the big fella house. His wife answers the door and she said, oh, Larry, they're sending the big people. Michael's out here to see you. I go in the room. Big fella sitting in the room. You know how Barry Yeah. The bathroom. I said, big fella. The team, they already taken off, man. What's going on, big fella? What you got? He said, man. I said, big fella, listen. I'm with you. Whatever's going on, if you got a good plan, we're going to sit right here and hash out the plan. If you don't got a good plan, we need to get you on the airplane right now, big fella. I said, tell me, you got a good plan? <laughs> no, dog. I'm just tired of it, dog. I said, come on, big fella. Let's get you packed up. Let's get you packed up. You know, when he got on the plane, but, it, 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 you know, it, it Larry just, he couldn't, it, Bill was coming out, he couldn't handle yeah, it. Yeah. And I said, Larry, you got, come on, man. Larry, he's just trying to bring the best out of you. You still got great football in you because Bill loved him. Yeah. Bill was never talking about going anywhere. Yeah. He just wanted him to lead the whole crew. And I, I'll never forget that. I finally got Big Fella on that airplane. But I was saying, if this big fella don't, if he doesn't want to go, I don't know what to do here, buddy. I don't know what to do. That's a whole different Larry thing was, right there. Larry was strong as an ox, man. Man, I took Larry out for his first Pro Bowl. I used to tell I've been to the Pro Bowl I with you. You don't need to tell all that. Pro Bowl, dog. And we stayed out all night. All night, came home. We didn't even make it to practice the next day. We came, like, I've, been, I've been there with you, King. trust me. Let me tell y'all what happened now. We, the next day, they were doing this contest. You know, the contest they yeah. do on the beach. Uh-huh. 275-pound. Big fella came to me. He said, Michael, man, mama, man. I said, well, big fella, you just tell, you know, you just got drunk. We didn't want to drive all the way back. He said, yeah, man, man, man. And then they were lifting weights on it. Big fella said, what are they doing over there? He said, I said, man, that's the contest. 275 pounds. Many times you can win. You win like fifty seventy five thousand dollars He said, Yeah. He said, I can go win and get at the mama. She won't be mad. <laughs> I said, yeah, dog. You go. Larry went over there. 275 pounds. 46, 46, 48, 49. What's the most? I said, what's the most? He said, 44. He said, you need 10 more. Like 54. He said, I said, that's good enough. That's enough, fella. Mama gonna be happy. You can put the weights down and go get Man, that check. Strong. Nobody. He is, he is strong. so strong. strong. I mean, God I got almighty. hit. I got hit by him. And I was blocking. Gee, and he uh, ran through me. That's a wall. And like you say, G. Lloyd flew about 10 yards. I flew about five. Man, that's a wall. And I'm blocking. And he that's wasn't, a wall. He, he cleaned this dude up and he was coming to get mine. <laughs> and he could run. That, that, could that's run. another thing. He could stand still and dunk the ball. When we were playing basketball, he stood still. Right off the top of his feet. Dunk the ball. I swear. The whole rim fell on him. Yeah. Broke the rope. The whole rim fell on him. I said, big fella, let me get this rim. You go to the, you go to the complex. So he's bleeding and you know, we got to get ready. I threw them people like three, four times. I said, I'll pay for that basketball goal. Let's go, big fella. And got him out of there, man. But I, I, I love my big fellas, man. Big him, Big E and, and Larry, they would go all the time. Those are the kind. See, that, that's what I need the Cowboys to have now. Some of those kind of go-getters that, that'll fight back with some real fight. Mm-hmm. 
All right, moving forward, Gerard Mayo becomes the first black head coach in Patriots history. Check out what he had to say in this introductory presser. I loved presser. this. I loved it. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. And whatever, whatever happens, black, white, disabled person, I've always, even someone with disabilities, I always, uh, you know, for the most part, people are like, you know, don't, you know, when they're young, they, they kind of make the spot hot. Younger people know what that means. But what I would say is, like, no, I want you to be able to go up to those people and really understand those people. So it goes back to whatever it is, black, white, yellow, it really doesn't matter, but it does matter so we can try to fix a problem that we all know we have. Dad, let's start with you first. Right. What's your reaction to this? Well, I, first of all, he's got the right perspective, Michael, yeah. on, on everything. Um, being the first black head coach of that football team in that particular region, is going to be interesting. It's just going to be interesting, even though he was drafted by him, he played for him, he coached for him, he's been there. So he's part of the community, part of the fabric. Right. He said that because he understands the environment that he's getting ready to enter into. Everybody in the Massachusetts area is not of the belief that the race part of that, or the race element plays a factor in who you hire and who you don't hire. They're not everybody's that way. But there are a section of individuals in that particular area that have issue with somebody that looks like Gerard Mayo being a head coach. That's just the facts of it. You can go to South Orange County. You can go to different parts of Los Angeles and people feel things a certain way. The great thing about it is he recognizes that. He's not oblivious to it or blind right. to the fact. And he knows it. That's why he put it out there so that they... They know that I know that you know that we know that, hey, I'm watching you very closely. He already knows that. Right. And, and furthermore, that Mr. Kraft is not even worried about that. He's not worried about it because he's looking for a guy who can help his team advance into the playoffs and possibly win a Super Bowl. That's all that matters to him. And I think that for Gerard Mayo, who's worked in the corporate world, who's right. played in the NFL, right. who's done all of those sort of things, is different than other people that would have gotten that job that don't look like him. Right. And that's that's key. That's so key for him, his team, his players to know that this is how he feels and understands everything that's going on in the area. And look, if he gets off to a bad start, do I believe that there's going to be a section of people in that particular environment that feels a certain way? Yeah, absolutely. Cam Newton Cam Newton came to the team, hadn't even taken a snap yet. And the dudes on the radio stations in Massachusetts was poking fun at the way that he dressed and trying to, you know, create a well, problem based on his Tom hair right. and, and all that because he's taking over for Tom Brady. Right. So I, I'm not oblivious and neither is Gerard Mayo. I thought he did a wonderful job in bringing them into the new, the new age. Yeah. There were a few things he said that I listened to, and I always say, you know, and the Bible says that out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I've always been curious, uh, a little skeptical when I hear people say, I don't see color. What do you mean you don't see color? You know, and it's, it's your way of saying I'm not racist is that I don't see color. That's not saying you're not racist. Because 
I want to see color. I don't want to see any difference in people, you know, or how I treat people. I don't see color, you know. Yes, you do. Can you see? You see. So I understand. Just stop saying we don't see color. We see it and we treat it all accordingly. Yes. That was important, that we can see that we are different, but we're all the same. And let's learn about each other and the differences and make it all a place that we come to get better from and not something that makes us bad from it. That's why I say, stop saying you don't see color. Say I see a beautiful rainbow that we can do some beautiful things with. That's the reality of it. One thing he said, though, and I thought was interesting, it wasn't even him. It was Matthew Judon that said it. He said, he's always, talking about Gerard Mayo, he's always been a certain way when you play with him, whatever. He would always come to you with information and coaching you, even when he was a player. But I thought this was fascinating, Gerard Mayo, that he said about Gerard Mayo, Matthew Judon. He said, every time he's ever come to me, he's always said, listen, Let's look at this. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. Yeah, it only matters we see it the same way. Yeah. Now, that's the Patriot Way 2.0. Bill Parcells ain't going to tell you. Bill Belichick ain't going to tell you we got to see it the same way. No. But that head coach, who's a black man sitting here saying, I don't have no ego. It ain't about who's right yeah. or wrong. We got to make sure we seeing this the right way so we can go win football games. That, I said, hmm, he may have a chance. I don't want to just hear what you say. I want to see how you think. And that told me something on how he think. That'll give him a great chance in New England. Okay. We've got some make-or-break potential legacy games. Let's talk Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. Here's what Nick Wright had to say about the matchup for Allen. I think by far. I think it's unequivocally top two. The only other, the only argument you could make is the AFC title game, uh, three in the 2020 season, but that was such a different spot. Now you're at home. It's a Chiefs team that is of the Mahomes era, statistically the most vulnerable, and you, these windows don't stay open forever. So I think that this is far and away the biggest game of Allen's career. Playmaker, let's start with you. Is this a make-or-break game for Josh Allen? Absolutely. Period. That's why I'm taking the bill. Because whatever he has, he has to put it on the field tonight. (laughs) When they're playing, he has to put it on that field. This has been... This has been the issue of getting Buffalo to the promised land. Kansas City has been in the way. You're getting Kansas City... With Patrick Mahomes, he's had his worst season of his career. Worst season statistically of his career. They're coming off. They had so many drops, and you're getting them at home. Patrick Mahomes has a 79 passer rating away from home in the playoffs, in the three Super Bowls, because those are the only things he played in the playoffs, away from home, neutral site Super Bowls. He's 112 at home. In his games, all his playoff games at home went to a pass rate. So there's something to what happens on the road here. And, and, and they got their best chance right now, Buffalo, to win this game. If they don't, 
they, they, they'll come in there with a buster and start busting it up. Because you, you, if you don't beat Kansas City at this place right here, you, you may never beat them. Yeah, it, it, it's time. The time is a ticket for Sean McDermott, right? right? I mean, he took over the defensive play calling from Leslie Frazier. Defense is kind of falling apart a little bit there because of injury. A lot of injuries. But you also look at the Josh Allen. Several years ago, he was supposed to be the guy to take Patrick Mahomes out. He was supposed to be the guy to end the Patrick Mahomes era in winning Super Bowls and AFC Championship games. His that dominance. Did, that right. didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen. He got nicked by Joe Burrow. He came right back and won the Super Bowl last year. Now you got an opportunity again to at home. Three right. and three head-to-head, but Patrick Mahomes 2-0 in the postseason against him. So now... With a 13-seconder. Yeah, with a 13-seconder in there. So now you look up and you say to yourself, I'm at home against him. They're not as good as they once were. Right. I can now write my own story, good or bad. I'm looking for the good one, but it's getting ready to be the bad one because what's going to happen is, is if you lose this game, like you said, Michael, chances are they're getting ready to clean up a whole lot of mess over right. there. So you get ready to hit a reset button, start all over again. Some familiar faces won't be in that locker room. It'll be new faces right. in that locker room if you don't take care of business. Now, I personally got Kansas City winning the game. So I'm looking forward to seeing exactly what happened because if Kansas City wins, I, I'm, I'm betting that Brandon Beams is getting a call from the owners to say we got to relieve a lot of people of their duties. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's going to be an interesting game. I think Buffalo has to win this game, though, any chance they got. And Josh Allen, I want him to hear this, you could be the most beloved athlete in ever in Buffalo. You win this game, get this team to a Super Bowl, a possible chance. They, I know they went four times in a row, but we sent their butts right back home fast. And Josh you Allen may get a chance. Josh Allen may get a chance now to set up there, even above my my great friend Jim Kelly in Buffalo Lords, if he take care of business. And I believe he will Superman this game. We got an AFC playoff matchup between the Ravens and the Texans. Nick Wright claims no quarterback has more to lose than Lamar Jackson heading into the weekend. Right now, of the eight playoff quarterbacks remaining, Lamar has the lowest career playoff passer rating, by far the lowest career win percentage, by far. And he cannot fall to one and four and have another bad passing game in the postseason at home, rested, healthy as the one seed. If it were to happen, Demonze, where does he start next year in AFC quarterback rankings. Right outside of five. Mahomes, CJ, Burrow, and Allen. If CJ as a rookie beats him on the road, no one's even going to be able to make a credible argument. Guys, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think anyone else has more to lose than Lamar Jackson? <sighs> Let me think real quick. In the playoffs that's left, anyone has more to lose than Lamar. I think Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen does, but Lamar has a lot to lose. Uh, he'll be the MVP this year. He's had home field advantage as the number one seed. He's yet to advance his team to the AFC Championship game. He has an opportunity going up against C.J. Stroud, a young team who hadn't been in this position before in a very, very, very long time. So, yeah, I, he has a lot to lose, but I think mm -hmm. him and Josh Allen are probably on equal ground because even if he loses this particular game, his coach ain't probably going to get fired. If Buffalo were to lose, 
Josh Allen most likely are good, is going to be playing for a new guy after this year. I mean, that's the way that I see it. We all want Lamar to take the next step. We got him the offensive coordinator and Todd Munkin that so many people wanted him to have in the passing game. We got him a plethora of wide receivers. Mark Andrews possibly coming back for this game. He has a lot to lose, but I don't know if it's the most because of Josh Allen. I think he has the most to gain also. He has the most to gain. The demarcation from regular season to playoffs, he's one in three in the playoffs. As we heard Nick say, we were talking about this earlier. But this style of play that he is in now, see, one in three in the playoffs when you have a running quarterback and you've been being beat up all season long, most sometimes you don't even make it, certainly not healthy going into some of those games. And, 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 and I think that has a toll. This year, he's more standing in the pocket and delivering the ball down the field. This is a different Lamar Jackson. This Lamar Jackson can perform well enough that we're going to kick out the one and three Lamar Jackson because the one and three Lamar Jackson only won won football games hips down mm. with his leg making great runs this Lamar Jackson with the talent he has is winning now with his arm and and that's what he wanted to be when he came in the league he said I know people think I'm a running back and you were running like a running back but now he's throwing it like a quarterback he was looking to be a quarterback but running like a running back and we never gave it to him, even though he got the MVP in 2019. This is a different Lamar. That's why I can remove all one and three. What you see from here on out is the Lamar I will measure. And what I saw this year, he will play well. Okay, so back in December on Undisputed, you guys reacted to Randy Moss's wide receiver, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. You both responded with your own list, so we took it to the fans on Twitter for a vote on which Mount Rushmore list was all fact. <laughs> uh, from what we see here, uh, the people have spoken, and it looks like you guys both lost in favor for Randy Moss. Uh, guys, right. defend your choices. I want to hear a debate. We'll start off with you, Michael, with your whopping 4.1%. <laughs> right. Well, well, we are in, uh, what I call this, uh, Instagrammable world, and 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 the world get caught up on individuality. So we Instagram only those funny pictures and everybody watching that and everything. <laughs> but I I come from the world of championships, and 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 if I I don't I want to hear yeah I want to hear I want to get a lot of great catches that's great, a lot of great yards and touchdowns that's great. But did you get to where you're trying to go? And that's the championship. And, 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 and that, that played a role in my deciding who got up there, um, to be honest with you. And obviously, it doesn't play a role in these Instagrammable world because the numbers, you know, you get fame, you get popular just by Instagramming. Back then, you had to earn the right to say you wanted the top guys, and you had to do it by winning championships, not just catching passes. So, you know, so, so a, a, a lot of great players. You can measure it how you measure it. Mine has always got to end up with a ring some kind of way. That's just the bottom line for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I really, I'm with you on this one, Michael. I could care less about the social media behavior. I could mm -hmm. care less about agreeing with me on certain things that I believe in. When I look at the list of wide receivers, now look, right. I can put, I can put 
many receivers and many of I could I could put Chris Carter in there. I could put right. so right. many different players. Randy Moss, the T.O. But you're not giving up your career for him. You got a ring. Key, no, you got a ring. No, no, I'm not giving up my yeah, career for that. And I it's only one you. person I'm giving I up. It's only and it's only one receiver. Well, it might be two. It might be two receivers. It might be two receivers in the history of the NFL that I get my career up for. They want a ring. Jerry Rice. And I will for Jerry Rice. That's and the it. dude sitting across from me, because he got three rings, and he was right. a nice party or two. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you mean? Yeah, 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 That's okay. Uh, it was, it was fine. <laughs> Y'all know, Key and I, we, we go way back. Way, way back. Way, way, way. Michael kid, and Jerry, the only two receivers yeah, yeah, yeah. that I'm giving up my career for. That's what, that's, and, I played play with 17 different, 18 different damn quarterbacks right. in 11 years. Right. I ain't never had the same but you quarterback got a in back ring back out years. of it. Stop telling me about all these damn jokers that caught passes that didn't matter in the third and fourth quarter with games that don't matter. Tell me about the, the importance of your grabs. What is very did you true. get somewhere with it? Did you yeah. win or did you just catch a lot of passes? Win, no, it was saying, an important man. part of winning that season in the Super Bowl. Not just a guy on the, that, that played special teams right. and ran there, but actually contributed in the Super Bowl, in the playoffs, done those things. I got Jerry Rice. I got Michael Irvin. Okay, so that's that right there. What is that? Five, six Super Bowls? Six between, rings. Six, six rings between the two of them. Then I got Randy Moss, and I got Moss bad on boy. there because you can't. This is a Moss. bad boy. Come on, man. Moss is Moss. This is a bad it? boy, you man. Can't, how you Randy's not going to have boy, Moss man. on something? Right, right. Right? Randy a bad and boy. And then I got Marvin Harrison. And I that's don't understand how you not going to have Marvin Harrison on your list. Yeah. What are you going to tell boy. me about Marvin Harrison? That is just, he did what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And that's it. He start, he broke Jerry Rice's single season reception record. I forgot what it was. It was like 140 something or something crazy at a time right. where it's like, wow, everybody knows he's getting the football. So I could switch out Marvin Harrison, but guess what? Marvin has a ring. Marvin Harrison has a ring. He played right. in the Super Bowl called Balls. So to me, that's important. I understand Moss had Megatron. Megatron is Megatron bad is bad, bad dude. I don't take nothing away from Megatron. Bad dude. I don't take none of his size, speed, bad all dude. of those sort of things. Yeah, me, me neither. Me neither. But he couldn't. And T.O. But he T.O. Bad boy. Bad. There's nothing bad wrong with boy it. and catching Not, passes. Yes. And and, and and scoring touchdowns. Bad dude. Nothing wrong with it. But but didn't win a championship. And and why? In T.O.'s case. Is it because of the, the kind of teammate? Had the talent to do it. Yes. Had the talent Played to do it. Played in the Super Bowl. But couldn't get it together to do it. Had a hell of a game. Yes. Had a hell of a game on a bad leg. Yes. Had a hell of a game. But it Hell of a game. I can't... Re First of all, I'm not replacing you. I'm not replacing Moss, and I'm not replacing Jerry. And you only got one spot. I can't put another guy up there that doesn't have a ring versus a guy that has a ring it has the numbers and all the other stuff, and it was an important right. part right. of what they did. That's I can't do it. And Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison, I can't help replace them him. Build and, and 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 some of it. When I got in the Hall of Fame, you know what they tell you? They said, um, whatever you did off the football field, really by law, the bylaws says you can't even put that in the decision. <laughs> but they put that in the decision. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You know, it kept me out a few years. And I, I was cool with it. I And, and I, when it came, time came, I still walked in there. And I was happy and proud to walk in there. I, and, no and matter when you get I the jacket, the you got the jacket. I said the same thing to T.O. I was with T.O. 
we were shooting him, making a commercial shoot. He came with a jacket that he had built, a gold jacket he had built. Put all the stats on. Hall of Fame gold jacket that he built. I said, Keith, I said, T, T.O., why when they, okay, let me get this right. When we had the commercial, you, you made a jacket, a Hall of Fame jacket with all your stats on it. When they offered you, they, I knew it took a few years, but they said, here's the real jacket. Then you said no. That, w- what is that? What is that? Every stop that you've gone in, there's been some type of an issue. And even the final stop, which is, so, so a great talent, great talent. What I just told you about them dudes that tapped me when, when we were losing and I was crying. They were talking about picking up money, yeah. not winning championships. They had to go. Yeah. I only want people that are talking about winning championships. Yeah. That's and, the and most important And there's guys thing. that get Hall of Fame jackets because they individual careers and, and, and they've done well individually. And, but, but criteria I in wanted, certain I situations wanted, is championships. What kind That's of team that, player it, are you? No one is Can saying that those players aren't phenomenal and, right, and phenomenal. they deserve. No one says that. It just says that along with the statistics, where's the championship rings? It's the only thing that we can have a true measure of because we're not going to play in the same amount of games. We won't have the same amount of opportunity. So we can't measure we one. We ain't playing the same amount of games, of same amount of opportunity. different game plan. We can't measure it's it on some it. people's case, some people play with the same quarterback for a number of years. Right. We talked about it. Yeah, how many guys give me Give me with? one quarterback right. for five years. Give I, me that same with my dude guy. for five years. Right. I played with my guy. For five. Give me that. Right. Give me. Give me Vinny Testaverde for five straight years and see what the numbers look like. I had him for my first few in college. But think about it, though. I had him in 98. No. I had him in 98. When he got you, he would say, I got me another Michael Irvin. And went crazy. That's what he said when he got He got hurt in 99, and I had to play with three quarterbacks in 99. Vinny was good, too. Yeah, hell yeah, Vinny was good. But you try to explain to people to get people to understand when you are playing with. Dudes that I could, I, if I name this my quarterbacks, man, people would be like, "Huh?" Right, 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 right. <laughs> who, who was that? Like, right. it, it, it is not di- diminishing who they are. It's just saying I didn't have the luxury of playing with one guy for multiple right. years, right? And I still was able to put up numbers. But imagine, yeah. and you were the first imagine. pick. You were the first pick. Yeah. So that meant you went to the absolute worst team. The absolute worst. Absolute team. worst. Team. Man, I was one in right. fifteen as a rookie. Right, right, right. I, 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 what you know? They tried. To, I told a story. They tried to get me to stay because I left after my junior year, and that's the, that's that's the character they yeah. laid in front of me. Excuse me. They said, "Listen, we're going to put you up for the Heisman." I don't care about no damn Heisman. I got to get my man, family out this ghetto. Like, then they said. We're going to push you and try to make you the first pick. I said, no, that don't want Wait a minute. Let's think about that one now. I wanted to do that because there's nothing like if you're going to be the first pick at the draft. I, I, I was like, I, I stand for that yeah. to be that. But but when I started getting the realities of what, we, what he is, I, I told my family, I said, man, I'm going to try to be the first pick, man. I'm going to stay in because, you know, they weren't really drafting receivers first. I'm going to stay in college. Man, they said, man, we can't, man, listen, we hungry now. Yo, I'm the 15th or 17th. Like, listen, we've been waiting on you. You going now. They made the decision yeah. that I'm going, man. But but there's nothing like being. But hopefully we responded well to the social media critics yeah. about our list. Right. I can't believe they put you down to 4.1%. Yeah, that, that's all because that's because that's cowboy haters. You know, I put 
I put Drew up in there. You know, I put Drew Pearson up in that thing, man, and gave him some love because I, I, I thought he deserved that love. That's, that's what that is. All right. Well, I know, Dad, you're not really too big on social media, but we saw a post last week uh, at the bar. Uh, if we could check it out. Oh, that's that joker right there. Well, that's Mike. <laughs> at halftime. He can't believe it. Look at it. 27 yeah. nothing. Listen, Damn, Mike. Listen, y'all know listen. they moved that game last week. So I so we went right up, I worked right up to the Cowboys game. So Key's already texted me. I said, man, I'm coming, man. I'm working. Right? I'm coming, right? So already down 10-0. So that's why I was in the suit. Early on, I'm in the suit. And, and everybody was coming up to me tossed. Not right now. Like, back up. Not right now. Yeah, and then, then he changed then at changed. halftime. Gotcha. And, then, you know, right at the end of the game, he went in the dressing room and changed into street clothes. <laughs> you know, after they yeah. lose the seventh seed, lose to the – the seventh seed beat the second seed, 48-32, and you changed. So I yeah. had to get you. And you know what's so funny, though? Why do we as grown-ass men – Think that we can use the butterfly effect, butterfly effect and change the outcome, the outcome of, of a game. <laughs> like you know, I'm sitting there with my clothes. This ain't working. Go get them jeans out of the car. Let's go change this. Oh, I'm sitting in this seat and I'm talking. I say, hey, this seat ain't working. I gotta go. I'm gonna go sit over here. Why do we think we're going to really affect the game with that craziness? Blows my mind. I, it, I did affect the game with Dak through the pick six. I told him, I said he can ready to throw a pick right here. He threw pick six. You did say that. You did say <laughs> that, man. I, and I, I was shocked. I, I wanted them, though, to take a different approach. And that, that I put on Mike McCarthy, too. I, I, they, they've run that slant so much, so much, those all slants. Yeah. Like, let's add something to that. And, 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 and he played it perfectly. He rolled the inside receiver. And then sprint it to a CD Lamb. And it was a that was that was a great play by, by the defender. That's it for today. Appreciate my guy, the playmaker, Michael Irvin, for joining the show. We'll be back with all facts and no breaks multiple times a week. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on social media at all facts pod. Until then, it's Keyshawn. Peace. Peace. 